Hello, I'm Kirsten Johansson, and I'm from the University of California, San Francisco School of Medicine and the San Francisco VA Medical Center. This is a CJSON podcast that will discuss a study from our research group published online this month in the journal about factors associated with frailty and its trajectory among patients on hemodialysis. Frailty has traditionally been viewed as a geriatric syndrome, but the prevalence of frailty is considerably higher among patients on hemodialysis than among community-dwelling elderly, even for patients who are not elderly. Frailty predicts adverse outcomes in the dialysis population, including mortality. However, studies so far have measured frailty as a single time point, and we were interested in understanding how frailty changes over time in the dialysis population. We also wanted to examine correlates of frailty and potential predictors of changes in frailty status, with an eye towards identifying potentially modifiable targets to improve the frailty trajectory. We used data collected from the Active Adipose Cohort Study, which was a United States Renal Data System special study conducted jointly by the Nutrition and Rehabilitation Special Studies Centers that enrolled 771 prevalent hemodialysis patients from 14 dialysis facilities in the San Francisco Bay Area and Atlanta metropolitan area. We used what has become the gold standard definition of physical frailty, which includes five components, weight loss, exhaustion, low physical activity, slow gait speed, and weak grip strength. In order to examine changes in frailty status, we considered the number of these indicators present at study enrollment at 12 months and at 24 months. 762 patients with a mean age of 57 years completed baseline frailty assessment and were included in our analysis. Patients met a mean of 1.9 frailty criteria at baseline. The distribution of frailty scores at 12 and 24 months appeared remarkably similar to the distribution at baseline, but most patients changed frailty score by at least one point during each interval. In fact, only 35% of patients did not have at least a one-point change in frailty score between baseline and 12 months, and 65% also experienced a change between 12 and 24 months. Interestingly, improvement was approximately as common as worsening. In our longitudinal analysis, there was a small but statistically significant worsening of frailty over time, with the score increasing by an estimated 0.2 points per year on average. In our first model that included patient characteristics and comorbidities, Hispanic ethnicity, diabetes, and serum albumin concentration were the strongest correlates of greater frailty. Only serum albumin was associated with change in frailty score, so that patients with lower albumin were also more likely to have worsening frailty over time. To examine why lower albumin was associated with greater frailty, we examined additional factors including patients' report of hospitalization in the prior year, serum interleukin-6 concentration as a marker of inflammation, and normalized protein catabolic rate as a marker of protein intake. Higher IL-6 was associated with higher frailty score and with worsening frailty, as was hospitalization in the prior year, but protein catabolic rate was not associated with frailty. The take-home message of our study is that frailty is not a static condition. Rather, it fluctuates over time in a way that appears to be linked to hospitalizations and other events associated with inflammation. I find these results to be encouraging because we saw that some patients can improve. Furthermore, the associations we observe between inflammatory and hospitalization events and worsening frailty could have therapeutic implications. Patients who experience these events could be monitored for worsening frailty and targeted for interventions to prevent decline or hasten recovery. Of course, such strategies will need to be tested given that our results are observational and do not guarantee that intervening will change the course of events.
I would like to acknowledge that data for our study were supplied in part by the United States Renal Data System and that this work was supported by awards from NIDDK and the Department of Veterans Affairs. Thank you for listening. This podcast is copyrighted by the American Society of Nephrology, all rights reserved. All content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. This podcast should not be used in a medical emergency or for the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition. Please consult your doctor or other qualified healthcare provider if you have any questions about any medical condition or before taking any drug, changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the American Society of Nephrology.